Vanguard Radio. No Jews. Just right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, this is James Hawthorne sitting in for Jeff Beck this evening. This is VNN. Monday night, we talk live. I have with me Alex Linder and also Hello. Craig. Craig Chain Cobb. Hello. So I looked Ready up this play. Ethiopian thing, you guys. There, there are a million, uh, a million freaking so immigrants in this country now. A million residents. And this is at uh, migrationinformation.org. And this mm. was in 2002. We had a million African born in the United States. Uh, wow. And, and, and here they're supporting uh, up in Minnesota some senator, uh, the Ethiopian group. Yeah, they're voting as a block, right? Are yeah, they, they vote as a block. Yeah, this is what they're into. And whites are the only race that are essentially not hip to that voting as a block as yet, in large measure because white women uh, are more likely to vote a Democrat. Although it doesn't make any difference, as we pointed out, that the, the, the Jew Jewish uh, religion are the biggest contributors to both uh, both parties, both parties in, in this country. Both wings are the same party, the government party. Yeah, the criminal government of the United States. And, uh, yeah. Craig, was it on Glorify 48 we talked about the, the, the worms inside the Africans? Yeah. I yeah, all right. We'll just give a little teaser there. We don't need to talk okay. more about it because we have an extended <laughs> spiel. We spiel on it a little bit. We have some fun. A lot to say about guinea worms. Guinea worms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you wind them up like kite string, man. <laughs> That's right. This is like kite string, is it? Only it takes about sure two to pull one out. It's even more fun because it causes niggers pain. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But but can you imagine if you were pulling one out and it breaks? What, what am I getting worm broke? <laughs> Dude, mother! <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine that? Yeah. Son, we're gonna have to cut the leg off. I'm sorry it came with this. Yeah, yeah. It's I, a big this is gonna hurt you a hell of a lot more than it's gonna hurt me. <laughs> Jimmy Carter is promoting this, and actually, if you look up, I think on YouTube and type in guinea worm, G U I N E A. Craig, you know I'm a carer. And yeah, I, I, I volunteered so my services to go to Africa and, and yeah. viscerally using using a rusty knife to cut these worms out of these niggers. I care that much. Yeah. And after they get cut out, they get a plane ticket into Minnesota or North Dakota, and all the Lutheran women they can eat, yeah. so to speak. The, 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 they'll probably have a guinea worm. Uh, Fest day, the kind of like a festival. Yeah, kind of like on the Beverly Hillbillies. They used to be eating opossum and the coons. The, the Jews brought us that opossum day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, hey, that's a that's a funny thing. Uh, there was just some, I believe, white guy from the name in Ottumwa, Iowa, a little ways north of here, who was busted for some hate crime for hanging a dead opossum. I think in like a locker room or a restroom, and there was some kind of inflammatory language. Naturally, the the media being what it is, they didn't report what was the thing, but they called it a hate crime. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what, what? What is that? What is that all about? We yeah, have to wait and see because they have a whole uh, uh, panoply of them coming. Yeah. The one thing I, you know, what guys? The one thing I I, I noticed going through uh, Detroit is crap. And uh, and our local blogs plus also if you go to the uh, I mean English newspapers or especially on the BBC and click on the Africa section, it's just like um, the one thing I find <laughs> South Africa like, shit. <laughs> yes, yeah, South Africa, South Africa's crap one as well. 
But I've noticed that before. Uh, and it's funny, isn't it? The BBC is really teaching. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it, it's absolutely amazing. The one thing that you, well, if you go to uh, Detroit and, and, the, and, and the United States uh, niggers, it's, it's very, very more violent that's going on there. You look at, you, then you look at, at the African experience and it's just utter stupidity and, you know, nonsensical. Well, they they believe in utter voodoo. They have a little higher IQ here, but it doesn't seem to affect their violent impulses. But over there, I mean, we we had the story on one of our shows about them chopping up a little kid and sticking yeah. it in the, the wall of a new salon to attract business. That's the African yeah. mentality, par excellence. They're and you could cite a thousand examples of that kind of nuttiness. Yeah, yeah they found him floating in the Thames River, voodoo yeah. chopped up. Yeah, yeah, That's they found a torso, a used yeah. torso. <laughs> yeah. Used torso. They, they'd already they got off the the effective parts had been excised and the magic the thrill is gone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that that stuff Mel Gibson depicts is still out there. Maybe the Mayans are gone, but the the blood ritual crap is still around. Maybe Mel would do a, a movie about Africa. I bet that'd be a good one. <laughs> I want him to do a movie about the Bolsheviks, like we were talking about earlier, killing the Tsar and his daughters, uh-huh. and. Uh, uh, murder. Yeah, I found I found uh, and I, I posted. I think I mentioned on the blog. Uh, I think it's an Ehrman's site. The article that Mark Weber did about the Jews and the Zionists and killing the Romanovs. That's mm. the family. That That's a great the, book. As I said before, if no one has read that book, the last stage of the Romanovs, I would uh, you know. I, I think it's only like eight ninety five or something ridiculous. So it, it's worth. Uh, who, who wrote that now, James? Gosh, I'd have to wear uh, <laughs> what kind of well, line no idea. <laughs> uh, let me see here. Hold on. I'm going to look it up on uh, Last Days of the Romanovs. Yeah. When when did it come out originally? I think in the 80s, I think. Not really sure. Oh, uh, here's a re- re- review at IHR. Robert Wilton. Robert Wilton, that's right, yeah. I'm posting this on the, uh, the blog, Ah, the Beauty of the Internet. Uh, let me read James the... Uh, refer to... Let me read the quick blurb here. Complete shocking story of how and why the Soviet secret police massacred Tsar Nicholas II, his wife Alexandria, and their five children. As head of the dynasty that had ruled Russia for three centuries, Nicholas II personified his land and people. His cold-blooded murder by order of Lenin and Sivadlov was thus symbolic of the communist effort to obliterate a rich national and cultural heritage. Hey, James. Yes? That's Sverdlovsk. My Russian's not as it used to be. It's the name of that city that's on the uh, eastern coast, uh, the seaport in the Pacific, Sverdlov. He was a a dirty, greasy kike. I read a lot about him. He was really, he was one of uh, Lenin's henchmen. He was, uh, there was a brother of them. Uh, just just a nasty bunch negotiated yeah. with the Germans during World War One. Just a greasy, traitorous kike, yeah. and a real confidant of uh, Lenin's. Mm-hmm. Swear a lot of these little suckers came out of, of New York off. too. Okay. That was yeah, Jeff Beck sitting in there, who, who hopped uh, in with a comment there. The report goes on was thus symbolic of the communist effort to obliterate a rich national and cultural heritage. Um, prestiged 
the mm -hmm. terrible Soviet bloodletting of later years, dramatic yet meticulous account by a veteran British journalist and historian based on the official on-site inquest of Russian investigator Nikolai, on that second name again, and historian based on the official on-site inquest of Russian investigator. And again, it goes on. Yeah, it's a great book. It really is. Yeah, and please notice, people, this Jewish concept of Tikkun Olam, making the world a better place. This is exactly what the promise of Marxism was. And even today they'll say, oh, if it had been instituted properly, it would be just fine and it would have really worked. But this is exactly what they're telling Americans in, uh, through media across the world and white people throughout the media across the world via New York City, that uh, we're going to show you the better way. And mm -hmm. uh, if you don't go along with it, you're a bad person. And you don't want to be a bad person. Right? Yeah, the hater. Mm -hmm. But it's at a sophisticated level. We're uh, long winded writings about how it's going to be in bureaucracy, this institute with. Uh, I think Craig is chopping up a bit there. Hmm. Did he drop out or is he, is he there? No, I'm sure. I can hear you. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Where were we before we were talking about the Romanovs? Uh, I've, I've lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, the, the book, James. Oh yeah, the last day of the Romanovs. I just oh, I, again want to urge people to to get the book and read. It's great. Yeah, yeah so that's by Wilton. I put that up in the blog yeah. there. And let me see if we, I don't know if we had any more questions from, uh, uh, if we had any more questions for Craig or anybody else. I've got a great story here, which is on our blog, Area Matters, um, which I found hilarious. It's called The Island's Cargo Cult Celebrates 50 Years Worshipping the United States. I'll <laughs> give you a brief, uh, uh, thing on this report. A global public opinion soars towards the United States. Americans weary of the relentless negativity can take heart from an exotic corner of the South Pacific. The U.S.'s standing in the world may have plummeted under President George W. Bush, but a bizarre cargo cult in the Vanatu Island nation holds America in godlike esteem. The John Frum movement celebrated the 50th anniversary of its founding yesterday with a lavish feast in which village men dressed up as U.S. soldiers and marched in front of a giant stars and stripes flag on a bamboo pole. Miniature American flags festooned trees lining the black sand parade ground which forms the focus of the Maraca village. The headquarters of the cult on the jungle island of Tana, older men dressed as officers marshaled the crowd of several thousand cult devotees while 50 young men soldiered their bamboo rifles and came to attention in a perfectly orchestrated drill. And I, I mentioned that at the bottom of that story, our equals. They, they fly these guys into the east-west center at the University of Hawaii. <laughs> which was in large measure pushed by Spark Matsunaga, United States uh, Japanese uh, um, senator, 
so this is where uh, Barack Obama was conceived up there as eight. <laughs> <laughs> and so the of this, they know full well. Yeah, the, the 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 lowest of those people really probably believe it on some level, but they're flying. The intellectuals of the movement understand that their money comes from the United States, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know they're just on the take. It's just a big joke. They're just massively on the take. All of these South Pacific are, are receiving huge grants, not only from the United States but from Japan, for that matter. Which is uh, uh, at least the Japanese create things. Of, of all the other races, I think they're the they're, they're the most uh, creative. But uh, what's it, those islands there uh, when when uh, in the United Nations um, who who support Israel's flagrant violations of of, of UN uh, charters and laws uh, hit the countries are what uh, United States, Israel, the Marshall Islands. And uh, some other nondescript like islands in the South Pacific, all vote in favour of of Israel's uh, you know aggressions or Israel's. Um the Marshall Islands, you guys, this they shoot missiles out of California and they land around the Marshall Islands and then, and then they radio back, good shot, you know. Yeah. But, just That's what I mean. It's like a U.S. military industrial uh, complex with. Uh, Halfwit down there. It's hilarious. I could tell you anecdote after anecdote. There's almost too many of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, and, and this is from having lived 25 years in Honolulu. But uh, you, you see, their so-called leaders. You can meet them up front, in, you know, in person. I, I've had encounters. I remember one time I uh, I met the uh, leader of Bomb. And he had on a big gold Rolex watch, and uh, there are about. He, he and about eight of his guys packed into a Volvo. <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, of Guam? Yeah, it was Guam. Mm-hmm. He, he was the governor of Guam. You know, and another protector down there. Of course, they're going to vote all for the United States. This is what they're trying to do to these countries over here, Latvia and Lithuania. And, you know, they just uh, juice them with money and uh, say, uh, yeah, you're with us. Let's go make mayhem. NATO mm-hmm. has, they have NATO, I don't know if people know this, in Afghanistan now. Yeah. What's wrong with? They have a whole NATO unit in it. United States and Europeans are hip to. They're on the verge of World War. Hmm. Yeah. Type in Afghanistan plus. Yeah, Craig's been a bit. I've been a bit choppy there with his uh, his, his line. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Okay. <laughs> we couldn't hear that last part of what you said. Maybe say it just a bit slower. Well, here it is, NATO in Afghanistan. That's what I was interested in, people understanding the concept of what that means. Well, mm-hmm. The North Atlantic Treaty Organization in Afghanistan. You know, Afghanistan is not in the North Atlantic. I know. <laughs> Do you know well, what? I, I'm still scratching my head. What the fuck are British soldiers doing in that godforsaken place? I thought we, that we would have learned our, our lesson in, in the 20s when, when we were there, and we got our ass kicked then. What the f- Well, obviously, I know the reason why British soldiers are dying in that godforsaken land, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's a country that has a, a star and two blue stripes above it. 
Israel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one's done that well in Afghanistan. There's a bunch of mountains, and no one wants to go and clean the people out there. If they want to live up there, there's not, you know... Leave them alone. It's what, yeah, it's, Alex, it's, it's such, such the, a simple foreign policy, you know. Yeah, it's one of those countries you go, what the fuck are we doing there? It's a fucking hellhole. Yeah, well, any mountainous region, it's going to be difficult to dislodge uh, the, the inhabitants. You're going to pay a heavy price, and do you want to stay there long term? No. no. <laughs> and they know that. And well, the this is the result of not following what Washington said, stay out of entangling alliances. Yeah. You start getting your friends and their interests take precedence over yours, and all of a sudden you're you're tied into their problems, and that's what's going on with the Jews. Israel, Israel's our enemy. We're paying over ten million a day out of our own pockets is going from us to Israel, mm. who hate and mock us, white Americans. And we're getting out of it, except enemies. The United States military had a press conference, except they wouldn't identify the field grade officers who were showing these armaments that they said were manufactured in Iran. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, bloggers all over the United States laughed at that. They said, what, are they afraid that somebody's going to come and arrest them for uh, being whistleblowers? And imagine, just, just the picture, okay, it's a closed area. Only the press, certain members of the press are allowed. You can't just walk in and watch it or anything. And then on top of that, a field-grade officer, this is one of the most basic things in the military. You have to have your name tag on. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. They went in there, uh, sans without without their name tags. It's 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 just comical. So in return, a few days later, the Iranians found that there was a the bombing in Iran, and they said that uh, you know because there there are insurgents or or, or uh, contrarian forces in in many societies. But anyway, there was a bombing, and uh, the Iranians said that they the these were manufactured in the United States. So for the Iranians to clear that up, they need to get some field-grade Iranian officers out there who insist on anonymity, uh, show the wares. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, we got something from the audience, a question come in. Have you guys watched that movie clip of the German tourist arguing his position to an ugly Jew? That clip tells a lot. It shows that Hollywood psychological babble works both ways. To you guys and me, he was a friendly and probably very egotistical German, all of which are fantastic traits to possess. Keep it up, lads. A North Rhodesian. <laughs> a North <laughs> Rhodesian. That is good news, man. We appreciate that. I do. We, we I got, I'm going to copy this onto the uh, main page blog, govnn.com, below. Now, I haven't seen that, so I can't comment on it. This me... And so the Germans said, where's the smoke go? You hear him say, where's the smoke go? And, and so this long-haired Israeli, I guess he says, oh, I told you, it goes through the floor. It sinks. <laughs> 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 it is funny. All right, it's up there now. Yeah. Well, we'll get the YouTube up there too. We can get that on shows. Uh, shows uh, thread. Billy Bob has point James. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's another funny story. I'm still in the South Pacific, by the way. Uh, South Sea Tribe prepares birthday feast for their favorite god, Prince Philip. At the base of a banyan tree, an elderly village chief held his most prized possession between bony fingers. Philip sent this to us, he said. Now we have three of them. A signed portrait of Prince Philip 
is an egregious sight in a South Pacific jungle. For, for the people of this remote village in the island of state of Vanuatu, the picture is an integral part of their lives. Uh, Yaonian villagers with their photographs of Prince Philip and the Union flag that will be raised in honor of his birthday. As unlikely as it sounds, the people of, I can't even pronounce that word, Yanonin and surrounding villages worship 85-year-old Prince Philip as a god. They believe him to be the son of an ancient spirit who inhabits a nearby mountain on the island of Tanna. Despite worshipping the prince for half a century, the villagers, all of whom are illiterate, only learned recently that his birthday falls on June 10th. Ambitious plans are now underway to celebrate the occasion this year. There will be dancing and a feast. Chief Jack Nava has acquired an immaculate union flag which will be run up at a flagpole and saluted. But the celebrations will only really be complete if Prince Philip himself turns up, says the tribe's people. You must, be, you must tell King Philip, they call him King Philip, that I am getting old and I want him to come and visit me before I die, said the white-haired chief, who thinks he is about 80. Uh, if he can't come, perhaps he can send us something like a Land Rover or a bag of rice or some money. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't make this shit up. You really couldn't. Indeed. Yeah, I'm looking at... Uh where is it? Here's some off Detroit. Detroit is crap.blogspot.com. Michigan's prisons are filled, are nearly filled to capacity. Oh, well, the title is Michigan Prisons Overcrowded, Prison Population Up 173% from 20 years ago. Michigan's prisons are nearly filled to capacity, costing the state precious money and forcing officials to consider closing them to new inmates by fall. Unless we take immediate action, we're likely to run out of beds by September. We are just out of beds, Dennis Schrantz, Deputy Director of Michigan Department of Corrections, told the Detroit News uh, for a story published Monday. State's inmate population is at an all-time high of just more than 51,000, up 173. It's nearly doubled in two decades, basically. Yeah. And so what, what do they do? They're going to let people who are murderers and rapists out and stick in just more murderers and rapists and uh, uh, drug criminals. And, you know, when you've got an expanding black population, you're going to have an expanding criminal population. And it's, uh, you know, we got to pay for it. I mean, imagine if there weren't any blacks in the country. What, what, what would we do with all the money that is spent to house them and pay for their meals, pay for their lodging, pay for their uh, health care? What would we do with that? What would we do without the hip-hop noise? The stupidity and the endless cries about racism. We we wouldn't need any of that. For sure, you couldn't use it to support white people because that's not culturally stylish. That's really not uh, the right thing to do. We already have been taught that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, lots of interesting stuff in this blog. I haven't looked at it in a couple of days, but uh, he's <laughs> he's doing a really, a really really great job on it. It really is. It's it's compulsive reading. <laughs> It really is. Yeah, I'm going to see what... Uh, we got our... On the front page of VNN, we've got... Uh, uh, under pages, the top right, second category, we've got local white nationalist blogs. And we've got Toledo, Delray Times, Florida, Detroit is Crap, the Hudson Valley Freeman, that's Yankee Gyms in New York, Freeport Unmasked, Kirksville Today, 
uh, CM Press at Costa Mesa, California, Alaska Pride in New Jersey, unfiltered. And you can read all kinds of stuff uh, about your local area uh, in the same vein as VNN. And in this way, we're constructing a real news network that uh, uses some of the Jewish soakers, you know, not just national but global. It covers the biggest picture. But uh, the rubber really hits the road in the, in the local picture. Mm-hmm. Because that's where you're writing about people who may live next door or people who you, you may encounter. The rest of it's a little more theoretical. But wasn't but VNN uh, uh, facilitating this process somehow? Yeah, we're, we're helping. I think we're hosting maybe one of them. We may have on our, our server. I'm not sure. But we help people set them up. We'll help you. If you, if you want to do it regularly, we will help you to set one up. Um, yeah, there's. Uh, I'm looking at the Toledo one right now. And all these blogs uh, are really user-friendly. I mean, you know, you can go on there and you can post pictures and your own commentary. And it's, it's really, all these blogs are really user-friendly. Hey, li- listen to this one. This is, this is a good example of the, the kind of dolt that writes the papers. And this is quoted on toledomud.blogspot.com. And, and you can, anybody can get a free blog at blogspot.com. You don't need us helping you. You just set it up. Toledo Mud, Toledo M-U-D-D dot blogspot dot com. Blade communist Roberta DeBoer disagrees with free speech. This is the type of broad that now writes our newspapers, and this is their attitude, and this is why you never get anything interesting or thoughtful in the paper. Roberta has this to say in her column, the, uh, the person running the Toledo blogspot quotes, I'm all in favor of straight-up honesty, but you know what? If you're a homophobe or racist or a xenophobe or a woman hater or an anti-Semite or a hater of Christianity or Islam... Keep it to yourself, okay? I don't want to hear about it, and certainly not under the otherwise protective umbrella of honesty. Do we really want anyone not to feel comfortable enough to speak his mind in public? Yes, absolutely. Because when you don't feel comfortable enough to say such things in public, then at least we're taking baby steps toward a society with no patience for bigotry. And Now, this is, this is a good example of how women accept terms at face value, and, and it never occurs to her that hate is just her, her opinion. It's not an objective reality. You're not getting rid of, of of bigotry by suppressing people who cite facts. These female journalists, journalism majors, they don't know that. She they don't be like. They really, they really believe. Like the the one said, the one at TSU said said in a column related to me and VNN and the stuff we were putting out. You know that. Well, they, they love to say, well, we have the First Amendment, but you have to be responsible. And that means that anything that goes against their line should not be published. That's what they mean by acting responsibly, not, not describing nigger crime. That's not responsible. And they're very vicious about it. And let's see, let's see what, the, uh, what, what the Toledo person says. The protective umbrella to which I believe you're referring, Roberta, is the U.S. Constitution, and more particularly the First Amendment. A society with no patience for people who speak their mind is a communist society. I do not wish to live in a communist society or, or a communist world. Do you understand your use of double talk, a.k.a. Jew speak? I am in favor of honesty, but keep it to yourself. Uh, what the fuck is that all about? Speak only those words that are pre-approved by communists like yourself? And, and and it goes on farther in this vein. And uh, <laughs> the the basic point of this blog is that the the local whites who run the city are are literally scared of the niggers, and and they're given into them, and they're 
they're basically turning over money to them under the, you know, the idea of development and the rest of that, as, the, as has been done in this country since the 60s at least. And basically they pay off these niggers to try to keep the riots down. And, you know, how long can this game go on? I don't know. But it's destroyed a lot of communities. It's enriched a lot of charlatans. And, and we don't need money taken out of white pockets and given, uh, given to blacks. And, and it's, it, but it goes on almost everywhere. And, and again, that's our federal government doing it. We got a new uh, in, invitee into the, uh, into the chat forum. Um, uh, FTL tonight. Going to bring in uh, White Man for White Land. Uh, the blogster on the Great Detroit is crap <laughs> blog. Yes, I'm right. here. <laughs> Welcome to the program, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I just heard you uh, guys talking about it, so I figured I'd call in and. Uh, yeah. yeah. What's, what's the latest in. Uh, what's, um, the, what's, the, what's the nickname for Detroit, anyway? Nick, Nick City or <laughs> D Town, uh, <laughs> Motor City, know. right? That's, yeah. that's what it is. I mean, that's yeah, <laughs> normally that's the, known as more Motor City, more Bit City. It's going to replace itself with a symbol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. I mean, <laughs> yeah. What's the population? It's quite low on city data, isn't it? City The white population city is very good look. I think. The white population is below ten percent. If I'm, if I remember correctly, it's. I know the black population is at eighty-five, and that's just black. So you're looking at, you know, at least five percent with Hispanics and uh, whatever, whatever else, you know. And so right. that's. Right, like the head of Zimbabwe, so you're you're not far from Zimbabwe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, no. Chain is breaking up a little bit for me, so I'm I'm trying to decipher what he's saying. But uh, yeah, um, I just wanted to comment real quick on the uh, the, the prison thing you're talking about. They actually, it's not just prisons here. There, uh, the, every 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 jail in Michigan is overcrowded as well. So mm. from Michig- from the prisons to the jails, um, they just let fifty fifty people out of Wayne County Jail, which is a lot. Which is Wayne County is is the is the county where Detroit's at, um, along with some other. You know, nasty cities, uh, but that's that's like the biggest. Po- I'd say the most. Po- it's the most populated county in the uh, state, mm. and they just let 50 people out of the jail there. Um, and I know they're doing that all over the all over the uh, state. They're letting people out of pri- out of jail early, and um, I don't know. They're going to have to start letting people out of prison early too, if you think about it, because they they simply can't. What happens in what happens in jails and prisons is if if you're overcrowded. In a prison, your prison gets actually a fine. I don't know if it's prisons that get fines, but I know jail. I know jails for sure get fines. Um, if you if you have more than you know the whatever the the health bureau or whatever of the state of Michigan uh, has deemed um, you know o- overcrowded or whatever. If you're over that, you'll get a fine every day. You're overcrowded, so. They want people out of there as fast as they can because it's costing them money. It's costing them money, uh, state money that they're not getting, and probably federal money as well. Um, so I mean, they're, yeah, they're just going to start letting people out of prison and jail early. They, there's nothing else they can do, and, and it's like this everywhere. I I did some searching on Google um, just to see uh, the prisons around the country that are if the, you know if this this kind of mimics the whole country in, in general, and it does. Uh, 
you know, it's it's an epidemic across the country. All all the prisons are full, so they, it's not like they can just send them other places now either. Um, they got to do something with them, and they're probably just going to start letting them out. Um, and they yeah, don't that's want what they do, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, what, what else? Yeah, that, there's nothing else you can do. Um, you, you can't, or, or either that or build more prisons, which uh, I know they're doing. Growth industry. Chop them up and throw them in one of the Great Lakes. Yeah, that would be <laughs> that would be a wonderful solution. I'd I'd, I'd take on like I don't know the <laughs> chancellor or maybe the the prison <laughs> number cutting czar or something like that. I'd figure out I'd figure out a way to do it. I mean, can, can you tell us some amusing amusing anecdotes about living uh, living with them there in Detroit? You must interact. You must have a lot of funny experiences every day. Like oh man, you know I I. I try to stay. I, I there's I have a lot of them, um, but it kind of takes like something to trigger them. Uh, I'll try to come up with a couple. Uh, man, there's been so many. I'll tell you a couple. Well, a couple you, you've you've said before that you that you restore houses or you uh, your your. Uh, I don't know right, restore right. is the white word, but but your. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I just basically like remodel houses and whatnot. I do everything on them. Um, but yeah, I mean, and you had talked about the condition of like the uh, the black houses that you would. Uh, oh you would, God, you would yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ever seen any cockroaches? <laughs> never, never, never. No, they, they, yeah, like I said before, the uh, the niggers that will have the co- the cockroaches are the only ones that can survive the niggers. Um, but even niggers survive cockroaches longer, I think. Um, <laughs> in a nuclear holocaust, I think the niggers would survive. I don't. I, I, don't, I think the <laughs> anecdote about the cockroaches is incorrect, but <laughs> I'm not sure. But um, this one time, You're I just lucky it's too cold for palmetto bugs up there. The other day, I did see I did see a nigger driving down the street on his bike with a with no wheel with no tires on his bike, just rim, just metal rims. <laughs> he'd be he'd be rimming. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be rimming. I did want to go on the freeway before. Couple of I also saw one with like a. I also <laughs> saw a, one. It's not a moped. It's a broped. Is there snow on the ground too? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was pedaling like twice as fast as he was going. You know, <laughs> the broped. The, sn- the snow. <laughs> Two wheel device for transporting. That's expensive these days. <laughs> I also saw one with like a, a like a, a kids bike that had a, like a a mountain bike tire on the back and like a, or it was like a mid-sized BMX bike and it had like a mountain bike tire on the back and a a little kid kids tire on the front so it was like totally lopsided toward the front and he <laughs> looked like he was riding into the ground you know he had like pieced a bike together the shit he'd stolen probably Easy riding but, chopper. yeah, yeah there's funny stuff like that all the time but yeah. mostly it's just like. Dis, you know, disturbing that I have to be around that that environment. I mean, there's some disturbing. funny stuff, but I think it'd be frightening. <laughs> it, it, it's pretty frightening, yeah. It's pretty frightening, but um, yeah, it's it's just I, I try to try to forget most of the interactions I do have with them <laughs> on a daily basis. And I try not to interact with them that much. Hey, we have yeah, your audience here, guys. Okay. Question: What is Devil's Night? Oh, Can Devil's you Night! Destroy it. it. <laughs> that's what they do. That's what Devil's Night is all about, I guess. It's a, it's the uh, it's a date just a day before Halloween, obviously, and uh, yeah, it's a big it's a, like a big Arston Day. Is that um, still going on? I knew that was big like a few years ago. And yeah, it's, it still goes on. There's still like four or five houses burned down. Of, but I mean, to be honest, it's it's not a big deal. I mean, they're burning down vacant houses. <laughs> they're not. Yeah. They're not. They don't. They don't burn down. You know. Uh, 
populated houses full of kids or anything like that. They burn down, you know, crack houses and shit. So who cares? And they, well, they they've turned it into Angels Night here. And, oh, you know, God. it's all over the news. They have they have the they have the uh, what do they call them? The uh, the really? angel the the fire angels or some shit. And they they go around and patrol oh, the neighborhoods. And they're all yeah, they're all like bunch of you know, they they do little interviews with them on the news before. You know, at at night and stuff like that. And they're like, "Yeah, we're we're cleaning up. We're gonna make sure we get all these arsonists that are burning down the crack houses. We wouldn't want that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest industry in Detroit right now. We wouldn't want to hurt our economy like that." So, <laughs> crack is the, indi- is the native industry. It used to be cars. Now it's crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's progress, but, um, man. It's progress. Oh yeah. All the old racist people are dying out, man. All people who know, yeah, you know, we got are good or, or gonna we be got around, big diamond Kwame controlling our city and shit now. So, uh yeah, is he big pimping? He he he. I think he is big pimping. I would say he's he's he fits the definition of big pimping. Is he living large? <laughs> Our Negro is no longer living large. I I have no idea. <laughs> I I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah no. But uh, there is a, a a a gang rape here a few uh a few days ago. Do tell. Was there a white involved? I don't I don't know. It was a it was a black victim. But well, um, once there was a black on black. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's still got to be uh, you know in Detroit where you have um 85% of them black. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's too hard for them to go find a white person, you know? And and even if they do, it's probably going to be like a crack whore or something anyway. They don't want to rape that. But they, yeah, they raped an 11 year old girl. Yeah, um, their their laziness, the the chart of their the, the line of their laziness versus their desire for white pussy. Yeah, it's you know, ca- which, one it, is, which one is greater? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, now, they, they they balance out at about the nigger will go up to like say 2.2 miles to try to get <laughs> yeah, pussy. It's, it, it's, it's a special ratio. That, they'll, just, they'll just gang rape a, a Shaniqua. The, the nigger mind works very uh, effectively when it comes to rape. They can figure out ratios and to distance to <laughs> pleasure and stuff like that. <laughs> distance to pleasure ratio. <laughs> niggers fighting over. We were. We were. Did you hear earlier we were talking about niggers literally coming to fist to cu- coming to blows over the right to gang rape, the the right to the peck order of gang raping some white girl out in San Diego. In, in the middle of the home invasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, saw, I saw about that. I saw, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, there was a that that other that that rape that occurred here. There was a, I think there was a Wichita uh, factor in that one you were talking about, where one of them, they made the guy, uh, you know, one of the people, yeah. that, the white people they were terrorizing. They made him have sex with a girl or whatever in front of him so they could watch, and then told him he wasn't doing it right or something like that. Correct. That wasn't the that San Diego one. Yeah. That happened here too. Apparently, one of the one of the kids, the kids that gang raped this eleven year old girl, um, they were they aged from fifteen to nineteen. There's five of them, I believe, and I guess one of them. Well, one of them is now saying that he was forced to to uh, do it. He was intimidated into doing it. So I I, I don't mm-hmm. know. But he's he's. But he's in, uh, the, in Detroit, ahead. that would be a uh, a nigger's victim too. I would I would guess. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was. But um. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna have the. Therefore, YouTube she's vi- not a victim. Yeah. I'm gonna have. <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't technically a rape. I mean, they they said it was just because of the the ages, but she said she was she was intimidated into it. So I mean, who knows? But um, regardless, it's just kind of TNB. It's an 11 year old girl for fuck's sake, you know. I mean, Jesus Christ. Well, they can do what they want in their own culture. 
That's right. Um, but I, yeah, I'm gonna have that video up on my YouTube channel for my blog soon. So I I uploaded it. It's, YouTube's kind of annoying. It takes like usually it takes like 24 hours or something for the video to go through. I don't know to process or something like that. So um, some of the videos that I upload, some of the stories that are on my blog that correspond to videos on my YouTube channel, it takes me a day or so to get the the video up. On my Please YouTube put that chopper story up there, the, 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 or the uh, motorcycle without tires. That's a good one. <laughs> I'll see if I can find a picture of that. <laughs> <laughs> Just describe it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, and that's, that's funny, because, you know, when Chips. you see that African stuff, you always see these, the, it's just like that. You see all these unique uh, sort of chimera vehicles that, that niggers create out of, out of parts. I, I, I'm funny, working on, that. i got to pay my taxes coming up here, but after, after April's up, I'm going to work on getting a video camera. And I'm gonna do a shitload of videotaping in Detroit, so that's gonna be real fun. So how, many mi- how many miles can you get on a set of motorcycle rims? That's I know. What you do. <laughs> before, before they you get like a big table and you cut up a bunch of watermelon and put it on there, and then train like a live video camera on it. There was there, there's like actually there's actually Arabs that sell watermelons out of the back of their van and at this one intersection. <laughs> I was planning on just going over there and just videotaping for a while. Oh man. Yeah, he's just got like a van, and it's just like the back of it's full of watermelons. That's all it is. It's like they're just like they're like you know they're flowing out of the back. It's really funny. And there's always little niggers running around. It's great. But he's like a, yeah, he's like an Arab or something. I can't figure it out. But uh, no, Arabs love to make money off the blacks in Detroit. It's hilarious, man. Like this they look at them with distaste, don't they? Though, oh I mean, yeah, they they, I, I they, they look at them with just as as, as a means to make as a means to make money. I mean, these niggers, you know, yeah. their money burns holes in po- niggers' pockets. It's, it's it's absolutely hilarious. You, I've gone into uh, pretty bad neighborhoods, gas stations in pretty bad neighborhoods, and it's like I listen to the niggers coming in and what they're getting. You know, of course, everything is behind bulletproof glass. Yes. They have to yes. give everything exactly. to the person. They're like, give me, give me three swishes, and, and give me, give me them lemon heads, lemon oh, head, lemon G- head. Give me a Snickers bar, man. G- <laughs> give me. I mean, it's just like they just buy candy and stupid shit. And this one gas station I have that I that I always go to on Good my God. way home from work, which is right on the outskirts of Detroit. The gas is like ten cents cheaper in Detroit because there's more competition. But um, it's mm. so it's I always get gas when I'm at work. But anyway, I go to this gas station right before I get out of Detroit, and uh. It's got they have they have like bras and panties and shit hanging in the in the gas station you can buy, like wow. like it's like a freaking little lingerie <laughs> section in the gas station. I, I like walking. I'm like, what the fuck is this? That's something I've never seen before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, lingerie. Huh? I've been in nigger areas too, but I I've seen that that super thick glass. That's one of the one of the things about nigger areas. And I've seen I've seen the way that like ethnic Seven uh, Eleven clerks will look at niggers. They despise them. Like if they're Indian or Pakistani or Arab, they might be nicely dressed because they own it and it's their business. Right. And that's who they sell to. But man, you can tell they just despise them. Oh yeah. They just when take I go in there, they treat the they. You know, if you're if you're reasonably dressed, they would be respectable. Or they would be respectful to me, but you could just tell that they they do not like. Oh those yeah. Niggers, even though they have to serve them in a case. Well, they got fucking. They got bulletproof glasses so thick you can barely even see the person on the other side because yeah, niggers come in to. with full, you know, fully automatic rifle rounds and shoot through the glass to steal some lemon heads and a Swisher Sweet Blunt so they can. So, so they they pass your stuff through a steel drawer, kind of like in a bank uh, drive up like that. 
Oh yeah. Oh, you go you go anywhere. It's like that. You go to a friggin' subway, you know, sandwich shop, and you got to order everything <laughs> through a. God, there's yeah. nothing in you. The minute you go in Detroit, there's no there's nowhere you can order something face to face except for maybe like a video store or something where, you know, any if if they don't really deal with cash, the, then you can you know you can probably like a nail salon or something you know shit like that. But if if it's a place where they have cash in a drawer, it's behind glass. You order it through glass everywhere. Just because you they find out what that company is that manufactures that glass, that's the coming coming <laughs> business. <laughs> well, it's because their insurance companies make them have it because it's it's yeah. you know they're insur- they won't get insured if they don't have have bulletproof glass in an area like that. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah, welcome to uh, know that yeah. bulletproof glass coming to a uh, community near you. And, and it's it's funny you can like place. follow the bulletproof glass out into the suburbs. You know how bad it's getting. You know there's places in Southfield now with with bulletproof glass gas stations, bulletproof glass in Southfield, where um, which is right outside of Detroit, and you know where you know ten years ago you wouldn't mm-hmm. see it. So yeah. Well, it's well, like what is the average ten percent remaining of uh, the white people in Detroit? Uh, if you corral them and converse with them, of course they're probably wary about talking about these realities around them. But on rare instances, or in some cases, what will they say? I mean, do they? Why do they stay there? What's the deal? I, they just I, have, oh, I, I would say I would say that the majority of the whites are either drug addicts. Um, they're either old people who just refuse to move. There's a lot of that. I mean, it, most of the whites left in Detroit. I would say the majority of it is is simply old old folks who don't who you know, just don't want to move, mm-hmm. and they're slowly dying off, little by little. And they're keep, you know, doc, the docs are keeping them alive, but you know, they're they're going to be gone soon. I mean, other than that, I would say it's less than ten percent, so we can't even count ten percent. But I would say that was that would be the majority. And that then, is about right. I've looked it up on City Dad. I could look it up now, but yeah. I mean, someone someone asked if they sell single cigarettes there. What what, what is that? <laughs> yeah, they do. Is they call them Lucy's, man. They call them Lucy's. You can, when I used to yeah. work with these niggers at this, uh, it was like a power washing company, and uh, they would uh, be like, "Man, there was." I mean, it's totally illegal to do, but um, they, you know, they they, they, they do this in Bombay and in the Philippines too. That's like that Chris, yeah. Chris Rock sketch. Where you'd be like, "Man, how much I get for forty-seven cents?" <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> these niggers. The, I used to drive these trucks around there, like power washing trucks, and these niggers, like before we went on a run or whatever, you know. We, We'd have a two-man team, and they'd pair me up with one of the random niggers, and I'd have to go out, and they'd dig through the, you know, cushions in the seats and shit looking for a change, and then we'd, and then we'd drive out, you know, and they'd, oh, man, stop on, stop on Evergreen, uh, go to this gas station right here, man. I'm like, what the fuck do you want? You don't, you found 47 cents, and you're fucking in the... Oh man, I get a couple cigarettes, man. I'll be right back. They come back with two or three cigarettes. <laughs> You're good at that. You must have heard some of that. Yeah. By the way, we're, we're, we're going to do an animation soon. Can we use your voice? Can you? <laughs> yeah. Um, there was this one nigger this one time I was working with. And he came. He must have not had any change or anything because there was a little ashtray at the shop. And he comes in. And I see him picking through the ashtray for cigarette butts. I'm like, man, what the fuck are you doing, man? He's like, I was like, you don't have any money for cigarettes. He's like, man, look at this shit. There's like eight cigarettes up in this motherfucker. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, he was right, but fuck. Uh, yeah, that's typical. Like a gold mine. Yeah, he lived in his he, he lived in his van. That nigger did, and then uh, fuck man. It, I swear to God, if you work, if you have to work with with niggers on a daily basis, I mean, I'm talking about your. I'm not talking about niggers that, you know, are skilled trades or whatever. Even them, 
they're bad, but if you have to work with niggers at, you know, kind of a, a regular old job, yeah, you'll you'll get it real fast, just like I did. <laughs> On the days they show up. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, they got so much problem. slack, too, for not showing up, man. Oh my god, it's ridiculous. You know, we don't show up. What the fuck? You're not here on time. They don't show up. Ah, he's drunk again. Whatever. It's it's funny. It's it's pretty sad. But hey, you need to franchise your your uh, Detroitist crap to South Central and other other Negro locations. <laughs> we hey, if we got anybody else out there who wants to? Uh, you're the only one I know of, and like a majority. I guess the guy in South Africa is, is roughly the same, but hell, Detroit's probably even niggerier than. Yeah, it's probably about the same, isn't it? I would say it's probably about. It's probably, probably about. But th- they have more opportunities to be total niggers down here because they got a little bit more money, you know. So yeah, I mean, that's true. You know what I mean? So they can do more stupid shit like ride, you know, ride a bike down the street with no tires on it. Whereas in South Africa, they probably can't even find a bike. Um, so yeah, it's you know, there's more. There's, there's more. T- I would say there's probably more TNB up here. Um, the instances of TNB down there are probably more extreme, but <laughs> up here, I think there's just they have a the full bit. scope of all the white man's tools. Yeah, yeah. To amplify I mean, their native. I mean, I haven't seen anybody. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen any niggers sticking their dick in the ground yet, but uh, <laughs> we do have mannequins, so they're working their way towards it. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, there's permafrost right now. You got to wait for the spring for that kind of thing. A <laughs> couple more months. Yeah, that's true. Warm up enough to be fucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they ain't ready yet. <laughs> got to warm that bitch up. Yeah, they got a little fucking thermometer in it and shit. <laughs> Checking Same every day, way. waking up. White man in white land. I, I have to leave. I have to go to work. But I wanted to ask All you right. if you want to do this voice. We need a voice. We need some nigger voices for an animation. I can. I can do it for sure. Just get a hold of me. Do it. You're very good at it. Yes. I, I yeah, can do it. I can do it even better than that, man. I, I, I know you can. I know. I know. I'm not a lot of whites who can do it. <laughs> when, when they had a couple of beers or they're uninhibited with friends, I can do it really well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that it's not something I'm proud of, but it comes in handy every once in a while. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> for laughs, okay. anyway. Well, thanks for one. calling. It's very nice to very nice to connect your voice with your uh, with your blog and your uh, your post on VN. Yeah. Yes, thank you, you thank you too, Craig, for uh, for yeah. coming in today and, and telling us more about Estonia. It's good yeah. to have you well, around. I think I'm going to make a blog too. Since, since since they're so upset about niggers coming in here, we better get the reality in their face. Why Estonia isn't crap? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Today in Estonia, a bunch of niggers didn't gang rape a white girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try it that way, yeah. Okay. Oh, man. Good morning, guys. Take care. See, all right. Good morning, Craig. Thanks for coming on the program. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to bring in now uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Yankee Jim. From a certain area that we all know. <laughs> Would that be the Jew infested Catskills? Are there Jews Catskills? there? Yes, yeah, the Jew infested Catskills, apparently. Jews in the Catskills. <laughs> now, I think our, our engineer will be bringing him, will bring him Jim real quickly, I think. No, I did see that uh, that video of that uh, German guy um, at, the, at Auschwitz having the debate with that Jew. That was pretty funny, man. I'll say... Oh yeah, I saw that funny. That really was, yeah. It made it made your adrenaline start pumping, you know. Just yeah. I love confrontation like that. It's it's the best way to uh, you know, get people around you to to realize that there's somebody else that's sticking up for them, because they're all thinking the same thing you are. <coughs> Take somebody just to come out and say it, and that 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 kind of thing is awesome. Especially when you can articulate your viewpoints like that guy did, and and 
you know, come off as a competent individual, competent and intelligent. It was mm-hmm. pretty good. It's on uh, Bill White's, if anybody wants to find it, it's on Bill White's uh, website, overthrow.com. He has it on, like, the first, one of the first three news things. That's where I saw it, so it's there. Well, I just want to welcome to the broadcast, uh, uh, now a regular on the show, Yankee Jim. Thanks. Uh, sorry for the confusion, guys. If you can hear me, great show. I can hear you. Hey. Great show. Great blogs, great show. I'm sure Craig will have a great show, a great blog. and what, what's getting out of control. What's on your own blog there? And, and give the... Uh, give the uh, that's the Hudson Freeman. Freeman. The Hudson Valley Freeman dot blogspot dot com. I really haven't updated it lately. I'll be updating it tomorrow. I've been mm-hmm. having some health issues I'm dealing with. Uh, uh, I'll I'll be getting back on it though. And that's important, by the way, for you know. Uh, I should I should actually go spank myself because it's it's important to at least you know uh, an article or two a day is is pretty good. Or every other day. Or three or four or five like I do sometimes. <laughs> yeah. N- well, you know what? You yeah, can't overdo it. it. There's oh, a, yeah. I know. You can can't overdo it, but w- yeah. when you're when you're from de- destroy it, you uh, there's just an endless supply of material. Yeah. yeah. So you have yeah, to, there's so much, yeah. There's so much you have to, in Detroit, yeah. You have to pick and choose. I'd say two or three a day is probably pretty, pretty decent. It's yeah, probably a magic number right there. Because people do come back, and I actually feel guilty that I haven't updated mine, uh, the Hudson Valley Freeman dot dot com, because people they're 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 starving for this truth, mm-hmm. and once they see some of it, you know, they want more. They really do. There are people who come back to my blog. I've got people asking me about my blog, locals. Uh, so it's important, and uh, I'm guilty, and I I promise I'm going to get better. <laughs> But the reason I called in uh, was I was kind of hoping Craig would hear this, and he will eventually, thanks to the archiving. But Alex and Adam mentioned something. Uh, Adam mentioned the bike on the rims. I've seen that in Detroit. Nothing's changed. I remember seeing stuff like that back in when I was growing up in the 60s and the 70s there. And uh, I used to do the same. I think I may have mentioned to you, Adam, I, I, I used to do the exact same kind of work you do, uh, only back in 1969, 70, 71, and nothing's changed. The houses get trashed. They get burned down. We used to repair them then, and you're doing it here, uh, what is it, 35 years after the fact? And you're doing yeah. the same thing? Yeah, you I could, got You could be repairing houses that I repaired back in 1970, uh, yeah, the only difference is, um, you know, back in 1970, they were worth, the houses I work on are probably worth, uh, you know, uh, ninety to $100,000, whereas you can buy them for $20,000 now. <laughs> well, you know? that's interesting because uh, I remember my parents uh, buying Washington a house in the Northwest Avenue section of Detroit. I, I've been Marking. talking about this on the blog, uh, or, or I'm sorry, on vnnforum.com, and... Uh, you could buy a pretty decent house at Northwest Detroit back in 1967-68 just before the riots for I seem to remember 17-18,000 for a three yeah. you know yeah. typical typical house in in a in a in a nice neighborhood that was Jew infested you know before the niggers moved in 
uh, was about seventeen, eighteen thousand for for your typical three bedroom house with an upstairs, downstairs, and a full basement. That's true. I'm not talking. I'm not. I'm not considering an inflation. I guess you'd have to uh, do the calculation there on what inflation would be. But uh, yeah, I mean, just the fact that you can buy a house for twenty thousand um, uh, dollars, you know, a three bedroom house that's in decent shape now. It's just ama- It's amazing to me that you know. Twenty grand for a house. Yeah, no, it is amazing. It's crazy. I uh, the one I'm working on now. I've got a, uh, I've got a completely burnt up carcass of a shell of a house across the street, and then two doors down from it, I have a empty uh, house which is also a, a shell of a house which has you know the siding ripped off and it's complete, you know, one it's like a vac- vacant fucking crack house or something. So I mean, you know, there you go. You get two or three or four of those on your block, and it's it trashes the entire block. You know yeah. that you the property values for the entire block go down. When you have you have one of those houses uh, on your street. If you have one of those houses and vacant lots too, if you have vacant lots on your street, that brings the uh, property values way down as well. So yeah, um, it's not that hard for it to happen in the suburbs. You know, all you need is one one vacant house in a su- in a suburb, uh, you know, suburban neighborhood, and. It, there goes, you know, like they say, there goes the fucking neighborhood right there. Detroit's, it's gone. Detroit's gone. We, it'll, we'll, we'll have to reclaim that uh, sometime after the dust settles. Uh, Detroit's gone. Uh, it doesn't make any sense for whites to uh, hang around there. It's uh, just write it off. It's it's gone. We let that get away from us. And uh, we. No, I mean the only thing it's good for is uh, like you know what I do. Well, yeah, making a living, you can, you can still do that. But well, no, I'm saying I'm saying the only thing the only thing Detroit's good for is 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 to to show white people what what can become of their neighborhood, what can become of their city, you know, oh. and what what can become you know, create a blog and highlight highlight the way you know archive what what it's becoming, basically. Let me get this this story out of the way real quick here, and and like I said, you you reminded me of it when you mentioned the the nigger riding the bike with no no rubber on the rims. And that had to be hysterical. I could see the sparks flying off the rims now. And another thing the niggers used to do, they'd wear glasses with no lenses in them. I don't know if they still do that. But <laughs> Alex mentioned also, I forget exactly what he was talking about, but he said niggers, they're great at uh, creating vehicles out of parts. I guess like that. I didn't say they're great at but I said that's like a third world thing that you now see you know, starting to pop up in America. I've well... You speak of the third world and niggers being great at creating vehicles out of parts. Here's a funny story, and it'll take me about two minutes, so if you just bear with me, I'm, I guarantee everyone will get a laugh out of it. The Major Deegan uh, Freeway is a north-south highway right on the uh, east side of the Hudson River, right near in the Yankee Stadium area, if anyone's ever been near Yankee Stadium. And uh, 15 years ago or so, I, was, I used to drive a tractor-trailer local in the New York area, and um, this was at, it was at a point in time where you could scrap aluminum. I, I forget exactly how high scrap aluminum went, but it was way the hell up there. Very, I mean, you could literally make a living scrapping aluminum. That's how high. Yeah. And needless to say, in the New York City area, there are many Jews who own many scrap yards. And there was one right alongside the Hudson River that I used to go to often with scrap metal. And... I was sitting in traffic one morning on the Deegan. Now, the major Deegan Expressway, it's an expressway, and it reminds me of a Detroit Expressway, sort of, like the Edsel Ford Expressway. 
it's an older one, and the side, the what do you call it, the shoulder, uh, where you pull off it in the event that you have a flat tire, well, they're actually made out of cobblestones. And there's, at the time, and I'm, I'm assuming there still is, there was a market for cobblestones. I mean, genuine, I guess they call them paving stones, cobblestones. Yeah. Yep. But these roads were built back, you know, I guess in the 20s and the 30s, maybe even before that. It was one of the first expressways in New York City. And it was an interstate uh, expressway. But picture this if you can. They have these aluminum light posts on the Major Deegan that are designed to snap away. In other words, if a car hits it, they break away so you can't get killed uh, by hitting the light pole. The, the least amount of impact will, will cause the, the, the bottom of the post to snap away or unbolt from the pedestal that it's mounted to. So you'd see these, you know, especially after a weekend when the niggers and the Puerto Ricans were out getting tanked up and driving on the Deegan, you'd see these light poles laying all on the shoulder, which were made out of cobblestones. <laughs> and you'd see this often, being as how there was a market for cobble, cobblestones, in broad daylight, you'd see niggers out there, they'd park their car and just get out and Puerto Ricans with a crowbar, and they'll just start hacking, digging the, the, the cobblestones out of the, out of the shoulder of the road and, and loading up as many as they can in their car to sell. Because these things were selling, you know, people would pave their driveways with them. Yeah. You know, these are historic, and they're nice cobblestones. Here, this old colored guy, he had to make a trip about a half a mile, and he also had to go across the East River to get to the scrapyard. Picture this if you can. About a 35-foot-long aluminum post that was laying on the shoulder of the road. Now, this nigger, I don't know how the hell he did it, because he was all by himself. He got one end of this 35-foot-long aluminum pole onto a shopping cart that he'd... I don't know what the hell, first of all, two shopping carts were doing on, on the Major Deegan Expressway. But he got one end of the shopping... Uh, of the post up onto... questions. Go ahead. <laughs> no, he, he got one end of the post up onto one of the shopping carts, and he got the other end of this 35-foot post <laughs> onto me. the other end of the shopping cart. And it looked like, have you ever seen one of these tractor trailers going down the roads that, that are specially designed <laughs> to carry these like 120-foot-long beams, and they got these pivot points and all this kind of stuff? Well, the guy Wait, got the yeah. thing on the carts, a 35-foot-long... <laughs> vehicle out of two shopping carts and a light pole that had to weigh, even though it was aluminum, it still had to weigh a couple hundred pounds. And now he's on the shoulder of the road that looks like it's been bombed, uh, like it's been carpet bombed because you've got Puerto Ricans and niggers that are, you know, they're stealing like every other one and there's pock marks and holes and, and the cobblestones are four inches or so deep. And he's got it mounted up on this, and all he's got to do is get it up the on-ramp, which was an incline of God knows how an eighth of a mile, and then he had to make a right turn and go over a bridge to go over the East River. And all I saw this old nigger doing was sitting on the side of the road. He, you know, he was so proud of himself that he got it up on the two carts, but he couldn't move it. He was standing there scratching his head saying, you know, something I can imagine. I'm going, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? I don't know what, you know. And I actually felt bad for the guy, but then you gotta, you gotta, you gotta try to use your imagination as to what the Jew at the scrapyard. I mean, this is in broad daylight, like noon, on a now sunny that's day. A third, that's third world type shit, like South African stuff. Yeah, it's it's worse than that. Anything. This is the boogie down bus. 
This is in the Bronx. You got to understand. Here, you got a guy that's taking. A, he's going to take a pole to a Jewish-owned scrapyard. Now, if if any of us, if any of us owned the scrapyard, I kind of think we'd say, "Get the fuck out of you! Can't I can't buy that from you? That's government. That's New York City property. <laughs> be hot and shit." But what is the? I mean, what do they start sawing up this thirty-five foot pole uh, that's stamped? It's clearly stamped New York property of New York City. It's the third world. You're right. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I kind of figured you guys would get a kick out of that story. I, to this yeah, day, no, 15 they, years they, later. You know, we had a couple years ago, there's some story about uh, them, them stealing stuff in Baltimore. The, the exact, well, I don't know the exact same thing, but the same basic thing. They were stealing light poles. Well, and, and they, I don't know if they found who did it, but it was uh, no doubt the same thing. Maybe for copper or something, but... Well, or whatever I think, the hell, but well, no, they do that also. They take the little, uh, they the, well, they used to when copper was extremely high. Yeah, aluminum's not shit now. I mean, it's copper like, is extremely high now. What, they what would steal the wiring out of, out of the. Oh, how do they, they do that? Do I just worked in a house that actually had all the wiring stolen out of it. They, they went into the it, basement yeah. and they cut out all the wiring and they took out all the copper piping, and uh, yeah, <laughs> all the all the wiring was cut. Well, because all the wiring ran through the basement. So they they just snipped, you know, they probably stole a grand total of 12 feet of copper wiring, which is like, you know, if they pay you by the pound, whatever it is, you know, a couple a couple bucks a pound for copper, they probably made, you know, three and a half bucks off the fucking wiring they stole. But shit, you know, that's three and a half bucks towards the crack rack. You know, you're 30, 35% towards the crack rack. Yeah. Yeah. Three and a half bucks, so shit. It seems like almost like real work, though. Oh no! This guy was working. Yeah. Don't, don't. This guy was working, and let me tell you something. He, you know, like I was in, in kind of like almost. It was almost bumper to bumper traffic, and I and I sat there and watched this guy for a while, and he was really he was, and I was actually proud of him for getting this post. He was all by himself, and even though it was an aluminum light post, it still had to weigh a couple hundred pounds. And he, where the hell did he get the cards from? I can't. Did he? It's. And, it's amazing what these niggers do. He's been working on that for a week and a half. Well, he probably was. He probably went up and stole, because there was over on the other side of the East River, now that I think about it, there was a, I think it was a ShopRite supermarket. So he probably went over and stole two shopping carts, because you just don't find shopping carts on the expressway. <laughs> I mean, why would they be there? <laughs> he didn't just happen to stumble across two, two uh, shopping carts and what made it so funny you know when you're up high in a tractor trailer you see a lot of things that you know you don't see in a car and you can clearly see the, the shoulder of the road like i said the, from them stealing the cobblestones one at a time and try to picture a, a block about the, the cobblestones are about six by eight that that's the size and it's just like the, the shoulder you know when you're looking down from a truck you can see it's pockmarked like i said like somebody flew a carpet bomb and uh, mission and it's j and here's this poor guy trying to jockey this cart around with this 35 foot long pole on it and and he's from some third world country and he had the uh oh, it's it's a mess yeah he's got 99 problems and a pole is one yeah i mean he had it he he had the money he had got he had 200 pounds of scrap he just couldn't get it over the east river i feel for that new bro yeah, and then he would, and then how does Mari, Uncle Mari, who runs the scrapyard, or usually they get some Italian guys in the mob, uh, you know, they're working behind the scenes with the kikes, and, uh, but, but how, how do you, what kind of a guy can take a 35 foot pole that's stamped <laughs> New York City on it? I mean, how does that work? 
you'd have to you know, you'd have uh, to actually be in the Bronx to to understand because this this is about two three miles from where that movie uh, Fort Apache the Bronx was um, filmed a few uh -huh. years back and it's interesting there was never a dull moment when I when I worked local in the New York City area never a dull moment yeah, yeah, I got yeah. many stories I could tell like you know this. they they really do need they need those uh those breakaway telephone poles too because. I was some for some somehow in when you're in like an inner city that's all black like that the, the poles just fall over. I mean, there's just poles everywhere on the ground. I don't know if they hit them in their cars or what. But I was driving down the road one time, and I I looked over and there was a pole a telephone pole fell on top of this car directly on top of the hood the roof of the car like like something out of a movie, man. And I was like, how in the hell does that even happen? How did, how, like you, you, that's like one in a million chance that something like that happens. Like you just uh, that you would even see that. It's like something from a movie. Yeah. It's just shit like that and happens in Detroit and anywhere where there's niggers, shit you will see nowhere well, they else. They just mess with stuff. You know, they mess yeah. with like, fire hydrants. I was fucking turning them on and 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 just picking stuff and stealing it. <laughs> yeah. and, and you know, it's not like they take care of anything. So anything they know. can they can they can ruin or try to try to mess with. You know, any that especially that's been put there by the government or or authority of any type. That that's you know that's what they go for. Uh, every yeah, house yeah. I've ever worked on has been broken into for copper. Every house I've ever, whether they took the copper, usually if there's no copper in the house, they'll they'll kick in a basement window and look in to see if there's copper plumbing. And if there's not, they'll just do nothing. But every house I've ever worked on in Detroit has been broken into to see if they've they could get copper. And this one time they broke into the house, they stole all, all the copper piping out, out of off the ceiling in the basement, and and they took there was tools and shit there, and they didn't take anything but the copper piping. <laughs> like they they cut out all the copper piping, left tools, how, and they. How left, much money can you get from that? It's not that much, is it? I mean, I think like copper if, at its height in in the heyday, if, if I'm not mistaken, it was up to around two dollars a pound, or it could have even been more. Copper is actually, I think, it's the highest it's ever been right now. I'm going, but well, I'm going back, uh, and and you know what? You may remember this. Well, actually, you know what? You may not remember this, Adam, because uh, I'm going back to when I first moved up here around 1980. There was a thing; copper had reached its peak, also. And yeah, because I, I lived in Salt Lake, which has like one of the largest open pit, I believe, copper mines in the in the world, and and it, they were lay Anaconda was laying people off, and it was it was low, and there was nothing. Well, no, the scrap it just went up through the roof to the point where. And Alex, you may remember this if you were over on the East Coast because they were doing it there. I'm sure there's niggers there, so they were probably doing the same thing as they were doing up here and in Detroit. They were stealing gutters off of churches. You know the huge. If you ever look at some of these old churches, especially yeah, on the mean, East Coast, these tremendous churches. Don't ask me how these niggers got up to the gutters. I mean that's another story in itself. Uh -huh. They can be creative and shit when it comes to uh -huh. stealing. Yeah, but um, it allows yeah. them to put their climbing skills to work. Yeah. Well, what comes to mind immediately is that video. I'm sure we've all seen it, where the nigger comes crashing. He's breaking into the store and he comes crashing through the and he lands on his Excuse head. And the, and <laughs> I, I think we saw him fuck me up. He comes. Uh, you just see the security camera. There's nothing, and all of a sudden a nigger comes. You see a couple of panels falling out of the ceiling, and then a nigger comes down on his head, and he gets up and starts stealing. <laughs> like it didn't no even regard. With no re with no escape plan in mind, no. he starts stealing before he right. understands how he's going to get out of the place. Yeah, he's trying to pry the door open with a hand truck. <laughs> he, he couldn't even operate a basic lever. 
<laughs> what a what a coon! And then he fucking climbs up the the a ladder he found in the back to try to get out the same hole he came in, and he falls on his ass again. Yeah, the he comes through the roof, lands on his head. He's stunned for a second or two. What does he do? He gets up and runs over to the malt liquor cooler. <laughs> Hysterical. But then he eventually gives up and just sits down and starts drinking, wait, waiting for the cops to get there. Yeah. But at the at the time, Alex, do you remember any of that? And and James, I, I don't know if they. I were don't doing remember any it from when I was in D.C., but I've I believe I've read that maybe even in England or something. Yeah. No, they were they were stripping churches of their old copper gutters. And if you if you look at some of these old churches, some of these gutters, I mean, they're actually tremendous. They're like. You know, they're not like the gutters on a house, needless to say. They're, and and yeah. this is what they were doing. This is what niggers do. They destroy. They don't build anything. They steal. They steal and destroy. Value. It, right. It, Over here in the Hudson Valley, I mean, we've got churches, the old Dutch church dating back. I think I've seen dates in the old cemetery from the 1600s. And, yeah, uh, well, you know, even that, uh, like, Chris Rock and that and that one thing, Black Stephen, I mean, he's like, every time black people get something good going on, nigger come around and fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, well, he can say that, and that's what makes it that. funny. And so can we. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we can now, thanks to, you know, <laughs> yeah, but places like this. It's undeniable. It's undeniable, and it's so funny when he enough. says it because it's true. <laughs> yeah. That's what makes it funny, is it's, it's true. Everybody knows niggers fuck everything up. And that's why they can laugh about it because it's true. Humor, you know, the truth is funny. Yeah. Ask Mark Moran; he'll tell you. We've had a few discussions, you know, <laughs> yeah. on this back in the day. The guy was a stand-up comic. He was just a funny guy, and all he did was told the truth, <laughs> just like Chris Rock. Uh huh. fuck everything up. What was that story I read about in New York State? We're going to all going to ban spinners. What's that about? I, oh, I didn't read the whole article, but they're going to make spinning wheels or spinning hubcaps illegal. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's now, that's kind of funny. Niggas don't like that, really. Yeah, I mean, think about that, really. Come on. How, how are they going to police? Uh, well, let's, let's, take it to, let's, let's go to extremes and, and say they're going to do it over on the West Coast in the Compton area. Come on. Are they going to tell the Bloods and Crips, uh, you got to take those off your, your ride, sir? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just, they made tinted windows uh, I- illegal uh, back in the 80s. Every nigger coon copter you see up here has got tinted windows. Come on. You, niggers don't... Uh, you can't tell them to obey the law. Mm-hmm. They'll shoot Shit. you. It's yeah, funny. It's fucking yeah, who would put money into the rims of their car? It, it's I know. It's asinine. Well, there's wiggers. Uh, you know, there are a lot of white kids, but it's basically a nigger thing, I, I would guess. And, and, of course, you know, that's what white kids want to do now. They want to be niggers. The Arabs love be... those fucking things here. Arabs? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well there, that's a form. What's so cool about that, though? Why? why? It's because niggers n- never invented the wheel in Africa, so they're still fascinated by it. I'm, 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 yeah. Good answer. I'm, I'm sure that that's that is a good answer. I'm sure that that's what it is. That is a good answer. They're still You're fascinated by wheels. Pro American study. <laughs> I learned that in African American literature. Black studies. Uh, it, it just it all comes back to if you want to distract a nigger, just dangle something shiny in front of him. That's. That's pretty much it. I mean, if you just want to distract them, whatever it is, just dangle something shiny. Copper, chrome. <laughs> funny. Niggers are funny. And I'm sure they're just like this over on the other side of the, of, the, of the pond, too. Am I correct, James? 
Oh, yeah, totally, Jim, yeah. But we have... Our coons over here are more... Uh, they still have the Afri- African and mainly Jamaican we, we, we have over here, mainly. Yeah, they, it doesn't matter where they are, what oh, continent yeah. they're on, they're still niggers. Oh, yeah. And they're hey, still I got a story here I want, I want to uh, read off another local blog, just briefly here. This is the Delray blog from uh, Tales of Diversity from the Atlantic Coast of sunny Florida, the southeast corner of the Quad. And it says, danger in paradise. Killers and, and killers are winning a close race with law enforcement as police struggle to solve the homicides of 101 people last year. So they're saying that uh, uh, 51% of them got away of the murderers. And <laughs> Nash, oh, wow. listen, listen to this, though. Nationally, an average of 62% of homicides are solved or cleared. Palm Beach County last year cleared 49%. And this is at delraytimes.blogspot.com, so it's on the same system as uh, Detroit. And uh, Yankee Jim, yours isn't on Blogspot, is it? Yes, it is. uh, It is. Okay, so Blogspot.com, you just get a free one and and start up your own local blog. And and no charge, easy to do. And uh, let's see, homicides in Palm Beach County have grown from 75 in 2000 to 101 last year, a 35% increase. Puts our homicide rate slightly above that of New York City and San Diego. So there you go. You get BNN flavored news from Delray. uh, What is it? Delray Beach, Florida place I've yeah. never heard of, but I guess somewhere around Palm Beach. That's a good blog, and, uh, too. He has some good stuff on there, I've seen. Yeah. He has some good stories. He's talking about For Jamaica, sure. he's talking about assault rifles, and he's got a... It's Boynton it's Beach's first mikvah, ritual bath for Jewish <laughs> women, uh, with a burgeoning Jewish population of more than 50,000. And, he's yeah, he's got, it looks like, a number of interesting stories on there. Well, that sounds it's like easy. a sexy story there. Yeah. Uh, you knew what a... Baths. You know what that is, right? Uh, that's their like ritual cleansing that the Jews go through, something like that. It's like that. a community pool. I, and the only reason I know this is because I used to work for a Jew, and he told me, because uh, I asked him, I said, what the fuck is a mikvah? And he told uh-huh. me exactly what it is. It's a, they, After their period or something, they get into this community pool. or Yeah. It's, it's pretty disgusting. <gasps> You know, it's primarily used by Jewish women who immerse themselves at nightfall, seven days after their menstrual cycle ends. After the ritual, couples can resume relations. Uh, yeah. So, pretty. Another disgusting, unknown aspect of Judaism. Yeah, but like you said, the, uh, Alex, you, I think you, I heard you point out earlier how you can just take local news stories and just add what they take out, what they leave out. You can, it, it's just so, yeah, like sure. a guy like me, That's I'm not a part. computer guy. Uh, Adam, he strikes me as being like very computer literate. I'm not, I'm like an idiot when it comes to this kind of stuff. However, I can copy and paste and I can, you know, type a little and that's about the basic, you know, that's what I can do but you don't have to be able to, you don't have to be like a, a rocket scientist, yeah. you know, to have a, a blog and get the word out. You can just copy and paste from other got people's blogs. Sure, yeah. I like to point out as, as, as often as possible that uh, Anchorage, is it Anchorage uh, Activist, AA on, on VNNForum.com? Uh, yeah. He, uh, he got me going on mine and uh, he helped me out and he That's just let true. me copy a, and paste a couple of things and what's his is he is he the Alaska Pride guy yeah, Alaska Pride I'm sorry Alaska Pride's another blog I don't know if I mentioned it or not but he's got a lot of stuff there it, it, great blog a, great yeah, he's a real smart guy he he is and he helped me out and I really appreciate it and every chance I get I thank him 
uh, just for the little things and the little bit of time that he spent with, you know, with me. And, and uh, he was the one that pretty much, if it wouldn't have been for him, you know, mm-hmm. giving me the boot in the ass to, to do it, uh, the, you know, the Hudson Valley Freeman wouldn't even exist. And I know there are people that come to this forum. And, uh, yeah, and Alaska Pride's at alaskapride at blogspot.com, like, like so many of these. And, uh, and it's so easy. Alaska news. It's so easy. National everybody, Canadian, everybody. National who, News and give it a local twist. Yeah. Or a state twist if you've got an itty-bitty state like Alaska in terms of population. <laughs> and and if, you, if you keep doing it, you'll get readers. There's no doubt about that. Oh, yeah. You can do all you, got is, all you got is 22-year-olds writing your local copy for the TV station or for the local paper. And, and if it's a big city, then you just got a bunch of Jewish liars. And yeah. so there's a whole market out there for normal people who think like you do who are going to read what you have to say. So, oh, we've got about ten going now, local ones, and we're looking for more. The the stupid little things that you can do, like when they conveniently leave out a picture of a nigger, you know, gang rapist, well, you can add that picture. You can find the worst picture of that little nigger that you could find. You don't have to go, you know, find, you know how the, 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 the mainstream media, they'll, they'll go crazy to try to find a graduation picture of the chimp. Uh, well, you can go, you can dig on the internet with, you know, and, and you can look for the absolute worst picture of this chimp. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You can write better news than the news can because you mm-hmm. can take three different news sources. Maybe one will have a picture and the other two won't. You well, can take one one of the stories from one, you know, whichever story is the best, mm-hmm. has the best info, and, and made it with the picture that you found from the other news source, and yeah. you have a better story than, than either one of them, did, did, you know, does, so... Yeah, sometimes uh, it doesn't even matter what you write because the picture tells the whole story. Like, and, yep, and the, an extreme exactly. example is that nigger in the in that white suit with the pink uh, hat, hat band. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you don't need words for a story like that. Everybody can relate to that, especially when they find out that you know they're going to be paying for that nigger's apartment and schooling for the next four years. Everybody can relate to that. And his magenta shirts. And, and, and they paid for yeah. uh, they paid for him to get. Um, <laughs> you talking about magenta nigger? That's chartreuse. <laughs> get your colors right. <laughs> I don't wear no magenta. I wear chartreuse, nigga. <laughs> I be a lime green, nigga, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, you can spend a few minutes to find the ideal picture, and you really don't. It doesn't matter what you say because all eyes go on that chartreuse hat band and that pluck fur <laughs> rabbit coat, nigga. Yeah, that. <laughs> Man, <laughs> what is with nigger, uh, nigger, men, niggers, and 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 uh, uh, mink coats? I mean, there was a nigger in the army. I remember back when I was in in 1973 and 74, and he on his off days, I'd see the nigger walking around in a mink coat. It's what? What is it with niggers and mink coats? I'm. They're they're they, niggers tend to have uh, kind of feminine uh, tastes in clothes. I, I think. It's, yeah. it's an interesting phenomenon. They love to wear fur, and they love to wear like pink and and funny pastel colors. It's weird. Displays of opulence. Yeah, I guess so. It's the peacock. Crack the Negro. I look like a peacock in this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they well they rape men in prison, right? As long as there's no women available, that well then they'll they'll fuck men. It's not gay then. (laughs) It's not gay because I'm only doing only this reason I'm doing it because there ain't no bitches around. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) That's the onlyest reason. They're on the prongs. (laughs) Pretty sick, man. Yeah, that 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 fucking. That's a funny thing. I forgot to mention about that nigger with the uh, with the pimp suit on. He uh, he went to he went on Oprah and Oprah was like, uh, yeah, 
well, he, he went on Oprah because he wouldn't apologize to the family of the of the guy he killed. So so Oprah called him and said, you know, you, you need to apologize. So of course he he hopped to it when Oprah told him what to do. And then she was like, okay, you need to apologize. So he apologized. And then she was like, what the fuck did you wear to court? She's like, you need to get some new, you know, gear. And he's like, damn, you right, Oprah, shit. So, <laughs> he, so he went to some program, Michigan State program, and he got three new suits, you know, decent-looking human suits, um, paid for by uh, state of Michigan taxpayers, thanks to Oprah and uh, your, your money that you gave to the government. Um, so oh, he could man. get a job without wearing his pimp suit. Hey, Adam. Yeah. Speaking of nigger clothing and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> that's, a, that's a true fact. Yeah, the niggers used to get their Stetsons at Lewis the Hatter. I can still hear the commercial Lewis Thursday the on WCHD or WLV, whatever the nigger. <laughs> they had a couple of, bunch of them. No, they, have they, have, they have Mr. Detroit, Allen's toilet. You ever hear that? Day Toilet? What? Yes, I have. That's, uh, that's common. I've yeah. also heard a Murder City. Which is common. It's not anymore. Okay. I think Washington D or Camden, I think, has that. Uh, Camden, has that New Jersey. <laughs> Camden, Camden. <laughs> where is my car? <laughs> there was a there was a story up here in Kingston. I was kind of hoping Craig would hear this. He will, uh, but I I kind of figured he'd get a kick out of this also. The the uh, Al- Alex, you may remember this name, Ginny Apuzo. I think you were, weren't you in the Washington, D.C. area during the Clinton administration? Um, or, or was that? Yeah, more or less. What, when did that start, 92? Yeah, I was around there. Yeah, yeah. well, she was, she was on the, in, in his cabinet, and uh, she wasn't doing them because she's a dyke. Ginny uh, Apuzo, well, they opened up a, uh, in Kingston here, uh, what do you call it, L, L, LGB, they keep adding these initials. It's it's up to an LGBTQ center. Gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, que- and queer. Yeah, queer. community center. Community and center. they opened this, uh, they officially uh, opened it uh, the beginning of February, and they had a grand opening. They had like 500 people. There's a lot of fucking faggots up here. Well, then again, it is the Jew-infested Catskills. And but <laughs> ding ding ding, the uh, the mayor uh, he he's uh, from what I understand he's a practicing cat he's a Catholic uh, uh, and that's what I kind of figured Craig would get a kick out of uh, Mayor James Sotil he joined the uh, this is what these whore politicians do to to get votes up here I guess he's hurting in the polls and uh, he yeah. so he took it upon himself to join. The uh, Kingston, the the LGBTQ community center. He's a he's a dues-paying member. Sounds like a happy place. Yeah, it is. Uh, you just wouldn't imagine a town that has. Uh, you know, I think there's. I don't know. Kingston, I think has uh, twenty to twenty-five thousand people, but uh, uh, over five hundred members. A lot of these people are queers that come up from the city. They're wealthy people. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing it's this. A, what's that? What kind of what kind of uh, activities would they have at a queer center? Well, you know what I, I gener- can't imagine. I generated some interesting conversation on the Daily Freeman uh, message board about it, and I used some extreme, very extreme cases, and uh, I had a couple of people. You know, although they don't agree with me, uh, they they sort of did agree. You know, they they kind of said that I did make a little bit of sense in trying to explain it just by changing a few words around. And you know what it is, the whole thing that's upsetting 
people up here about it is this this in your face uh it's that attitude we're in your face uh what what's the old saying i think uh i think rush uh, limblaw used to uh do a spoof uh on the now gang uh, we're here or the, we're here we're, we're, queer, here, we're queer, queer we're in your face i, I think was an old saying uh, but that's what's pissing a lot of these people off is this is you know they're just rubbing it right in you they're just rubbing it in and they can because these are wealthy people who've moved up here from the New York City area and turned this you know into their little gay uh playground is, is what well, they've done that's what queers do they they turn whole cities into you know gay gay land that's what they did with Fern, <laughs> that's what they did with Ferndale here yeah, I mean that's where I was Fayetteville. born I think I I think I told you I was born there I went to school yeah. at uh, Taft Elementary School there. Yeah. Uh, uh, that that's at Royal Oak, Ferndale, that whole little area, from what I understand. Yeah, Ferndale's it, like fag, they call it Fagdale now. I mean, that's, I that's what it is. Because what happened? I, <laughs> I mean, the cities love it because I mean they have all this you know income that's that's disposable, so they can they can you know fix up their houses and do whatever. Um, do you know where do you know where Nine Mile Road is? Yeah, yeah. and and Woodward. Uh, my mother went to school right there, Lincoln High School. Is that still there? Uh, it's um, that's at Livernois in Nine Mile. I don't uh, know. But but anyway, the little shopping disc. There was like a little main street there on Nine Mile. Do you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? Nine Mile and Woodward. Uh, yeah, uh, it's like it was the main little shopping district in Ferndale. Just just a one one street, you know, with all the stores on each side. That yeah. used to be like uh, uh, sort of like Ozzy and Harriet, Leave It to Beaver type. I mean, it was just like White Landia. It was, like, so uncool that it was actually cool. It's just, like, all these white people, you know, that were so corny, they were, like, cool. <laughs> now, f from what I understand, you know, uh, 50 years later, or actually, like, 40-some years later, uh, it's, from what I hear, it's just, like, you know, there's nail pile, there's niggers and hair braiding parlors and... African it, hair braiding salons. It, that's all going on on Nine Mile. Uh, there's uh, you know. shit like that everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Nine there's, miles get you're getting down there. Nine miles yeah. getting down there. Yep, closer to Detroit. You know. Um, yeah, it's yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, it's, it's pretty right, sick. That's I mean, you I couldn't do. find a whiter town back in the '60s. I think they're all like that though. I think everybody, every everyone can pick a town near them. I'm sure Alex has a town out there. I'm sure even on the other side of the water. I'm sure James ha uh, has areas where he grew up that were lily white, and now they're just sewers with nail parlors and hair braiding salons. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, have you seen a nigger in Africa with their hair braided? <laughs> I, I, I love Air they put They put on these stores African hair braiding. I, I'm pretty sure Africans didn't invent hair braiding. No. But that's just a sidebar. Just no, I think Oprah did. Oprah don't lie. You don't lie, baby. Oprah don't lie, baby. Oprah don't speaking, lie, baby. Do you know what? Speaking, <laughs> of, speaking about the faggots and, uh, and such, don't, don't you love when you have these faggoty parades, the uh, uh, obligatory uh, police officers association gay are uh, involved yeah. in the parade? It just, it's so fucking sickening. Yeah, Why? well... They, 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 on this fag, uh, they got a website and everything. And I'm, and this is going to be the next thing I'm going to add to the Hudson Valley Freeman. Only I'm going to let people hear what they don't hear in the Daily Freeman. I'm going to dig up some facts about queers. But, uh, like you said, the, the cops have to sponsor it. And they, and they put a list of, uh, 
you know, vendors in the area, or not vendors, stores and, and food, all these people who support this faggotry, you know, the, it's, you wouldn't even, um, you wouldn't imagine there's that many people. And I guess they feel they have to do this because, you know, they all celebrate diversity. And I guess they have a fear that if they don't support the fags, well, someone's going to, you know, call them, uh, what is it, homophobes or... Uh, sure, it, yeah, it, absolutely. But it's literally recognized, and, and there's it's funded and acknowledged, then they can immediately use that back against everyone who's against them. And that's what they do. I mean, I'll put this. I'll put this list on the on the Hudson Valley Freeman when when I put it all together in the next couple of days. Of all, I mean, there's this endless list of all these stores, like the the food stores, which in the Kingston area are, are Hannaford. Now, I swore off Walmart about a year ago, and I'm pretty proud of the fact that I have not stepped foot in one of those stores. And I've been trying to go to the food stores and, and, and you know, the, the the chain food stores. I'm sure we all have them. In this case, it's Hannaford. And I've been going there. Now I found out, uh, you know, just the other day that they f- support the this queer. So, so what do I do now? I mean, I'm running out of places to boycott here. That's the problem. I think the solution is not to eat. <laughs> you know, and that, that's unfortunately about the only way. It's like you, know, you have to spend a little bit of money, but, you know. Get a garden going. I get, yeah, you... You can shop at Aldi's. I don't know who owns Aldi's. And you I mean, you know? go to... You've got an Aldi's out there? Yeah, we do. That's where I buy... Uh, A-L-D-I-S. Food. I don't buy food at Walmart. I have, there's some stuff that pretty much only Walmart has, but... There's an Aldi's here. There. There's Aldi's yeah. here, too. I thought that was a one... I thought that was like a one-store... Wow, that's amazing. Hell no. Yeah, Aldi's, Aldi's is, is a weird Germany. place. Like, they, they Aldi's came from Germany, I believe. Yeah. It's like a yeah. warehouse type thing, Doesn't right? mean Jews don't own it, but they, no, oh, they have a... grocery store. Yeah, they have a specific thing where they don't have bags or you got to buy them, so they save yes. money, so they have the lowest prices. Like, yeah, they close the high v which is huge in the Midwest, but they have a friendly smile in every aisle, according to the advertising, so their prices <laughs> are the highest in town. So I don't, you know, I don't oh. shop there or... Uh, Walmart generally. Day. Walmart has it, low prices, but you know it's Chinese slave stuff. So they I have an Aldi. Buy hard goods. They have an Aldi where my mum lives, so we, we we always go shopping there. Yeah, and I'll I believe be Aldi's actually is not owned by Jews. Huh. I I wow. don't think it is, and and a lot of these grocery stores are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know yeah, my yeah, my wife. Know. She says she goes there. You know, uh, she. I guess that's one of those stores you go to like once a month and you go there with the intent. You take a lot of money Absolutely. with you because you stock Absolutely. up there. The way you know it's good, all the Mennonites shop there because they know they know where the cheapest stuff is. And it's not oh. bad quality either. It is, yeah, yeah you, you buy a few months worth of stuff and then stock yeah. it up. That's the way to do it. It's yeah. German-owned, it's, it's non-Jew. Apparently so, yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I will be there. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, but everybody's worried about diversity. I mean, uh, you go to my bank's website, and there's a section right at the top that says, we celebrate diversity. I mean, hey, you're my bank. I want you to handle my money. <laughs> if I want to go down on Broadway and hang out with niggers, I'm perfectly capable of doing that. You worry about my money. And and now you go to Hannaford. Hannaford, this food store I was just telling you about, they have a website also. You go to their website. There's a divert. We celebrate diverse every uh, once a, once a year. They have a big thing out in the parking lot, uh, Diversity Day. They hand out flyers and come help us cel- celebrate Diversity Day. So me being the wise guy, I I went up to this young airheaded uh, cashier, uh, teenager girl. Uh, 
at the register one day, and I, and I said, well, how, me, my friend was with me, and, I, and we said, how the hell do you celebrate diversity at a food store? What, do you just walk up to the blackest guy you see and hug him? <laughs> and she turned red and just started blushing, and she kind of, the look I saw on her face was, yeah, I know, it's like really ridiculous. I mean, again, you know, you want a, diversity at a food store? You make sure my groceries are in stock, and you worry about that. I'll worry about hugging niggers. You know, at yeah, my you, leisure. You when I want to go hug niggers. Diversity in your food handling practices at the local restaurant? It's everywhere. Everybody's afraid that if they Some don't celebrate... Lettuce, but fags call it toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really intended to be funny. No. But, uh, you know, it's pretty sick. That's how that shit spread. The fags and Mexicans. Fucking Mexicans. With their alternative yeah. bathroom practices. Who are we to judge? Who are we to judge? What is okay, that? we're not perfect. No. Is Just because we do it. <laughs> Just because <laughs> we do it that way doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> yeah. And I heard somebody... You know what? It's kind of funny that everybody seems to be able... Everybody knows that Mexicans throw shitty toilet paper into the da- into a box. <laughs> oh, they, everybody doesn't know that. Everybody, no, they oh, seem they to. They don't know that. <laughs> like, what is with explain that? Explain that. I, I mean, I read that in a Frosty Woolridge column a couple of years ago. I've been to Mexico. I didn't... Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Oh, no, no, no. I've been down to places on the border when I used to drive a truck down, like, you know, Nogales and uh, Arizona and all that. And I've seen it, and I'm, what the fuck are these people doing? Like, what's with that? I mean, they got flushing toilets, and they throw shitty paper into the, uh, toilet paper into the, into the box. I, I don't think that... Kill me with a knife! I'm telling you, I don't think people realize that. I think a lot of people don't realize that, uh, they, uh, why, why wouldn't they flush it in Mexico? They wouldn't... Put like toilet paper in the. From what the I heard in, in Mexico, yeah, their their drains aren't. The sewers, the, are, are the sewers our third world. Yeah. They're not set up to uh, take toilet paper, yeah. so it's here. They do the same thing here. They're used to. Yeah. So this is a culture they bring over here and share with us. That's yeah. effing groovy. Yeah, you walk so into the John and you, you see toilet paper all over the floor. You know who was just in there before you? Some right. Mexican with TB that you're probably going to catch oh, me sit your man. sharing their culture with us. Yeah, yeah they're they're extreme drug resistant. TB. Sharing now, or their extra added yeah. or they're celebrating or they're diversity. Tapeworm or whatever the fuck they have. This is parasites. Celebrate hep, which they also have. Pretty that's, sick. That's yeah. beautiful diversity. I love it. And fags are all over the service industry, and Mexicans are all over the service industry. That's why I don't eat out all that much. I can't eat out anymore. Uh, I, I really don't. It's it, all every day you, you never know what you're getting. <laughs> every, every day there's a new disease. Yeah, we never had these problems when we had you know mm-hmm. like a limited amount of mestizos. <laughs> it really is like yeah, like a it's multiplex like for diseases with new ones coming in every couple weeks. It is dengue yeah, fever. They didn't. They they weren't going to get you know their AIDS test on the uh, Andy Griffith show. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's I'm, convenient. I'm not worried about getting AIDS and shit and tuberculosis and mm-hmm. toilet paper thrown in the cell on the ground. So you can use th- this uh, this disease thing. I mean, you can use it. Like in my case, I- I've always been known as a pretty cheap fuck. And <laughs> you know, when my wife says, you, you never take. You, <laughs> she oh. says, when, she says, I like that. She says, when you never take me out to dinner, my wife. And you can always blame it on the diseases, and you won't be lying about it. <laughs> and you can also save a few bucks too. Uh huh. 
And uh, I mean, come on, you, this is stuff we didn't. We never. Who used to worry about going out and getting a disease at a restaurant? We didn't. When we were young, you never even heard of that. We eradicated. I mean, I'm sure it happened, but nowhere near. I mean, people didn't go to Chili's and and start dying in mass from some spick tossing some used toilet paper into a box and then going back into the kitchen <laughs> without washing his hands. I mean, it's fucking disgusting. It's the third world here. It's here. It's not on the way. It's yeah. here. Plus, it used to be they had white waiters and white waitresses, and they weren't all goofy friendly. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a uh, place up about an hour north of here. It's called Frankenmuth, and it's it's a chicken dinners. Yeah, chicken it's an dinners. old German. It's an old German village. You know, everything's German themed and everything. Uh, I guess a couple of my buddies went in there a few months ago, and they had some niggers in lederhosen at the restaurant serving them. Ooh. You know, it's like you want to go to a German place and get your and have to order your food from a nigger in lederhosen. What the fuck is that? <laughs> It's like, come on, but, you know, some nigger applied there, and they can't turn them down. So, don't yeah. order the nogwurst. Oh, shit. I, I mean, <laughs> the nigger will take a crap on the plate. Adam, I never got a chance. I never got a chance to go eat there, Adam. I always wanted no? to go there. It's a, nice I, little, it's a nice little town. I mean, it's Bavarian outside. style, right? Yeah, everything's Bavarian themed yeah. and stuff like that. Well, it's, it's probably barbecue place. chicken now, but. No, it's still it's still decent there. It's still halfway yeah. decent there. It's it hasn't yeah. been overrun yet, but yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think it ever will be. Uh, they gotta. They have to. You know. Again, you've got them worried about diversity. Well, the uh, problem you know. is, you, anywhere you put like kind of like uh, children type. You know, you cater towards kids. I guess you know, the muds just love that type of shit, and they kind of cater to kids. They're catering to kids there with some of their resorts and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's like Christmas year round there, isn't it? No, that's just the well. That's just one of their stores. They have a Christmas like year-round store there. Yeah, but I mean that's what they're known for. I mean, really. Well, kind I guess of, they're yeah, known I for guess. the chicken dinners too. But they, the, they, have, the, they have like a, a, a you know a real big hotel that has water slides in it and stuff like that. It's like a little type resort type thing, and they have a yeah. new water park there too. So yeah, I mean it's coming. Any you know, it's only an hour north of Detroit from where it's up headed towards hour. towards Bay City, isn't it? So yes, up sir. Near that way. Yes, sir. Yep, yeah, it's about. 25 minutes south of Bay City, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, never, never stopped there. Right, gentlemen, I want to, uh, I want to bring the broadcast to a close. I want to thank, though, I want to thank Yankee Jim for being on again. Thanks for having me. I want to thank Craig Tubb, who's no longer here with us, but I want to thank Craig for coming on the program. I want to thank Adam, White Mouth and White Lang. Check out his awesome blog at Detroit is Crap. Blogspot.com. It's an awesome blog. Thank you. Yeah, uh, and thank you for stepping in, James. Uh, uh, and uh, in the time of uh, illness for Jeff and for Jeff for uh, for sticking it out and producing the show. I want to so thank Jeff. That's, yeah, that's great. I, I want to thank you, Alex, and I want to thank Jeff for engineering the program, even though he's not very. He's still very. He's still ill. Mm-hmm. So I just want to still Jeff. use his fingers to type. I can see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the that fingers was, are going. That was <laughs> that was mighty white of you, James, for stepping in. All right, hey, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. That's that's what Arianism is all about. Yeah. Help, mm-hmm. Helping each other out, helping a brother out. Yeah. I just want to before we close the broadcast, I've got a couple of VNN internal that I need to make comments on. Uh, VNN Free Talk Live last program with uh, Bill White, leader of the American National Socialist Workers Party, will probably be posted tonight. The archive of that. 
uh, also uh, put this in your in your file faxes, in your diaries, but whatever you have, put it on the calendar. March 9th is the VNN Vanguard News Network Broadcasting Special Commander George Lincoln Rockwell Memorial Broadcast, March 9th. We need everyone to be tuning in for that one. I want to make yeah. two quick. Yeah. I want to make two quick pl- plugs on my uh, little uh, endeavors. Ariamasses.com is the website. Uh, broadcast number twelve is up there right now. Uh, number thirteen is on the well on the way. Should be posted within the next week. And also our new uh, blog, uh, Arianawakening.blogspot.com is the uh, the main blog for Area Matters. So. You can always, you can find information about what's going on about racial masses and about racial survival and how we need to awake our people. It's not over yet. It's not over before the war sings. <laughs> I just want to thank everyone for being on the broadcast. This is James Hawthorne. Thank you. This is Free Talk Live Monday, and we'll see you next week. Vanguard Radio. No Jews. Just right.